0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: So, welcome to the Friday night version of the Chelsea Fancast, commonly known as the Chelsea Fancast Preview Show. Uh, And, of course, I am Mr. Stamford Chidge, of course, uh, and on the show, as always, on a Friday and, in fact, and, and a Monday as well, the wonderful Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, Chidge, what a
2: lovely adjective. Thank you.
1: Yes, it was. I was slightly thrown by the uh, unexpected arrival of Mark's other guests. Mrs. Mark, I think, in the background. <laughs> but, but anyway, <laughs> we've got, I'm delighted to We're see. We have some technical
2: difficulties.
1: I yeah. know, I'm delighted. I thought to- we had about
2: six people on the show. And I know.
1: are going to become a <laughs> thought we had an audience. Awesome. None of them
2: socially distant.
1: Mark, great, great to see you as always, mate. As you know, we we love having you on the show, and uh, I know you you've also you've filled in for Dean tonight, which is very good of you because I know we've got you back on Monday as well. So you have got double bubble the this week. The more, Mark,
2: the merrier.
3: Quite yeah, frank. Quite
1: right. Quite right. Thank, thank you
3: very much, Jonathan. Really good to be on the show tonight.
1: Lovely. Now um, we've got uh, lots of debuts at Chelsea this week. Uh, we'll be speaking about one of them a lot, I think, during this show. Uh, but we've got one that's perhaps even more special for the Chelsea fan cast because we've already had, uh, I mean, as, as you all know, we used to get uh, Ollie, Ollie Harbord on the shows a lot uh, over the years. And of course, ollie has gone off to Hong Kong or Singapore, Singapore, I think. Anyway, uh, and of course, you know, Ollie was so wonderful. They had two people to replace him. How about that? Uh, when when I leave, they'll have 10 people to replace me. No, no, I'm only joking. But we we had Sam Enkosol on the other week, who's a writer for Football London, for the uh, the Chelsea Football London content. And uh, I'm really delighted to say uh, we've now got Adam Newson from the Chelsea Football London. Now, not, not least, because I know, because he told me, that Adam has been a listener to the Chelsea Fancast for some time, Adam.
4: I have indeed, yes, as a
1: Chelsea fan. Can, yeah. can well, I apologise right. first, actually? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's can
4: saved. I
1: just
2: say for a second, Adam, I love the fact that product placement here really yeah. he's, got, he's got a chelsea fc book just in the background subtly placed absolutely
4: i do yes it's the official biography which i have just uh, yeah. in case i didn't to check anything actually yeah
1: there you go he's well prepared unlike us mate that's for sure adam can i can i issue a very warm welcome to the chelsea fan cast on behalf of all of us it's really lovely to have you on the show no thank you very much for having me on guys and thank you for being our listener that's okay, any time. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> um, as Adam well knows, there's uh, more than just him listening, thankfully, because, of course, we've got all the lovely people from Mixler in, in the house, as we always do, whether it's a Monday or a Friday. Um, I'll be honest with you people, and I, and I do love you, you know that, but it's not as many as we had in on Monday, which I have to say, I mean, I, I won't tell you exactly how many we had, but if I say, say to JK, we had three times the number of people more than three times the number of people we normally have live I have no idea why anybody would have thought the club would sack Frank Lampard or something I mean goodness me I thought we did them proud I thought you were exceptional we've had a lot of love for that show I think it was it was it was a bit of therapy really and I think it was actually pretty cathartic for us as well as the lovely people who, who all joined us for it so there you go um we will be starting kind of where we finished off, really. We'll, we'll talk about Frank Lampard in a minute. Obviously, we also need to talk about uh, Thomas Tuchel, who I very rudely... Well, actually, this is the point. It wasn't really aimed at him that I was calling him Tommy Two Shits. It was really my, my point that I really didn't give a damn who was manager because there's really not much point. But I I've you
2: to... called him Tommy Two Sheds. I was misunderstanding. No, no, it was
1: Tommy Two Shits. There's been a lot of emojis going around in the Discord group. Tommy, with the, you know, the little funny poo with yeah, a smiley yeah, yeah. face. Yeah. I've I've decided that that's open to misinterpretation, which is perhaps not helpful. So i I think Tommy T. I'm I'm very enamoured of calling him Tommy T. We will be talking about him, obviously. Uh, we've got a lovely guy called Dave Roberts from the No Nay Never Burnley podcast uh, to come and give us the opposition view in part two, and then of course we'll all be uh, minus Adam because Adam's here for the first part, and then we'll uh, meet Jonathan and Mark will be. Opining on the Chelsea Burnley match uh, in the last part, but uh, let's get on with it as we like to do. Um, really, the kind of you know final word on 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 Lampard, and uh, I mean later on, Adam, I, I do want to talk to you. You've written a couple of cracking articles um, for Chelsea Football London today on on both Abramovich and uh, and uh, Mason Mount, which I want to get into in a minute. I've put in a piece as you know, which really kind of covers this that kind of transition, if you like, from Frank to uh, Tommy Tuchel, Tommy T. Um, I think what we picked up on from last uh, Monday's show, really, when it was all very emotional, obviously, but a couple of th- kind of lines that we might have picked up on from what happened was, you know, did did a lot of player unrest do for Frank, in a sense? And, you know, has has Frank, and have we, in a sense, been played? Was was it really the club's intention only really to bring him in as an interim because nobody else would have had the job and as soon as they found a viable excuse they kind of got rid of him and actually I think another thing that's come through in the stories is that you know they had actually approached Tuchel even before they appointed Sarri and I think Tuchel turned them down or wasn't available uh so can we kind of I mean you know you're closer to it than we are in a way can you clear any of that up for us
4: uh yeah um in terms of player unrest I think that uh, it's kind of an inevitability when there are players who are not playing every week, there are going to be players that are unhappy. Um, how that unhappiness manifests itself is, you know, the potential problem. Um, you know, I thought it was very telling that Tammy Abraham came out on Twitter, obviously, and made quite a big statement about Antonio Rudiger, who was getting a lot of abuse on social media. Whether or not you know that there's merits to that or not, obviously, abuse is never needed. And Tammy came out and, and put his statement on Twitter to say, you know, Antonio Rudiger, it's nonsense, this stuff. Um, and then Cesar Azpilicueta came out and, and backed that up. Um, I feel there's a bit of sort of unity being shown by the club. You know, the, there, are, there are some things that have gone on behind the scenes. There's no denying that. Um, but it looks like Thomas Tuchel's come in and, and has had his meeting with the players. And it wasn't, to me at least, it wasn't that much of a surprise that not long after Thomas Tuchel had come in and had the meeting with the players... That these statements appeared on Twitter from Tammy um, and from Aspie. So, in that respect, yeah, there's the stuff that's happened. There's no doubt about that. Um, players were unhappy, but that's inevitable if they're not playing. Um, so that's that situation. In terms of Lampard being brought in as a PR exercise,
1: I mean, I I think you know, you know part, I wear a tinfoil hat, obviously, Adam. <laughs> so you know,
4: I mean, I think there's perhaps an element to that. Um, I don't think you know Frank. Lampard would have been given the job if he wasn't Frank Lampard off the back of a year at Derby. I think we all know that. Um, the fact it was Frank Lampard made a difference, but I don't feel the club solely brought him in for a PR exercise. I do think that they wanted to make a real effort to incorporate the Academy guys and Frank gave them that real uh, assurance that, that would happen. And I think that's been really important for Chelsea. And I really hope that that doesn't uh, halt now with him gone because um I tweeted about this yesterday. You know, the Chelsea Academy doesn't have to produce 11, 11 players every year for the first team. That's not the reality of it. But if Chelsea can, you know, produce a couple that go into the first team every year or into the first team squad every year, then that gives Chelsea the ability to go out and spend 70 million on Erling Haaland because they're not having to pad out their squad with uh, Davide Zapacostas or, or Timo Bakiokos. Um please, please don't remind me. Please, please. <laughs> well, I was saying, my, my tweet was, you know, Chelsea had Ollerana. Uh, at that point. And then they went out and spent 20 odd million on Zappacosta. And I don't believe that Olerena would have been any worse. Absolutely. Couldn't possibly have been. <laughs> than than Zappacosta. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I do think there was an element of, of Frank coming in to help smooth that transition, but well, I think it, it's unfair. Just, I think it'd be to say to, he was a PR stunt. Cause I think, I think as, you know, all you guys would testify, you know, everyone wanted Frank to succeed no I just I just,
1: I just kind of have a, a long-standing love for Martin Samuel's conspiracy theories, so I'll put it down to that, Adam. <laughs> I mean, actually, you kind of swing in a really good point there, actually, which I'll, I'll address to my learned friends on. Well, they're on my left as we speak, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll go to 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 Mark first because I very rudely muted him a minute ago, J.K. So I, I'm feeling guilty, but um, <laughs> what what do you think Frank's legacy will be? I think I think Adam makes a good point there that. Whatever way we look at it, he he has brought in and proved finally that some of these youngsters are good enough. Maybe that will be his legacy.
3: Oh, I think it will definitely be his legacy, I think he's probably the first manager since Eddie McCready to have really given the youngsters their head at Stamford Bridge. So if you think you've got Reese James, you've got Callum hudson um, you've got Mason Mount, you've got Tammy Abraham, all regular first-teamers on Frank's watch – Mason has played 80 games, you know, whilst Frank's in manager, I think he's played virtually every game during Frank Nabbard. So that very much is 80 legacy. 80 out of
1: 84, mate. Eight, 80 out
3: of 84. I found that out from thing, Adam. I think the only thing to add what Adam was saying is, I think you're always going to have unrest from players when, when they're not playing. I don't know if you've seen the Joe Cole interview today. I think it was today where I think he's basically implying that the treatment of Frank was harsh he will say that because he's very close to Frank, but nonetheless, he was given the example: that Alex Ferguson had been manager at Chelsea, he would not have allowed three or four players' agents um, speaking to the hierarchy. And what Joe seems to be basically saying is, you know, there's there's been unrest behind the scenes with three or four people talking to sort of the senior hierarchy at the club. And Joe said himself today, and all the time he was playing, he never once spoke to a director. He never once spoke to a board member. When he was out of the side, Joe's way of dealing with things was he knuckled down he got his place back in the team. But he seems to be suggesting today there clearly has been unrest behind the scenes with three or four players or their agents yeah, either talking to Marina or talking to senior hierarchy
2: at the club. But isn't this because of the times, Mark? Isn't it because really those players should have been the players to have gone out, but nobody was willing to buy them? So because of the COVID situation, because clubs haven't got the the money, the funds in the same way. I mean, we've been go, we're surprised, aren't we? Well, we're not surprised, but we're bemused that we still have um, Emerson, we still have Alonso. That to an extent, we still have Rudiger, um, considering that we thought that he was fifth choice. I mean, now that the new managers come in, it's all, you know, everybody has an opportunity to prove themselves again. And if somebody else who we thought was on the fringes may find themselves back in the first team. But it, it it's a it's a bizarre situation that the all right if the agents were working out why aren't they playing when in actual fact given a normal season they'd have been on their bikes they'd have, they'd have somebody else would have picked them up along the line so it's a shame that they that this wasn't explained to them that it's definitely one of the reasons why they're not playing is because they're not actually good enough for the side or Frank had decided that so I just I think it's it's. It's it's not really fair, is it? This that uh, that he, that it's been used against Frank, and yet a kind of inevitability of 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 player power, isn't it? Really, I've done so well with Mark. Mark's gone. i have speaking to Mark. I think the he's time. got a,
1: a dodgy a dodgy uh, a dodgy boiler, mate. A dodgy connection. I but I think it's a good point, J.K. And uh, you know, all managers make those decisions, and and we're going to see that, I think, with with Tommy T. Now, aren't we? And you mentioned Rudiger there, and I mean, actually, Adam, that's a good point. It's a good segue into the. Into his debut, the Wolves match, which I think you know, fair play to him for turning up immediately and, and and getting involved. But I mean, he was on a bit of a hiding to nothing, really, with no no time at all on the training pitch. Um, <clears throat> I'll get into this later, but I, I have to be honest here and say I like what I see of Tukel so far. But I, I'll, I'll save that for a minute. But I, I I have no axe to grind per se with his decision uh, to pick what he called you know more experience. Against Wolves, and I think arguably players that he knew. So Giroud, he knows him by reputation, obviously. Rudiger, he he knows from Dortmund days. <clears throat> Silva from PSG days. I, I was a bit, I mean, like most of the Chelsea supporters I know, a bit nonplussed about the fact that he played Jorginho and Kovacic and that he benched Mount. But you know, I think he was really honest about it, and I and I applauded that. Um. You know, digging out stuff from the game, obviously this nonsense about nearly 900 passes. I, I passed out watching the game as it happens. Uh, but Wolves were a very negative tough nut to crack. So, you know, they were always going to be hard to break down. I thought Havertz looked quite liberated, actually. I mean, that run he made uh, in the second half was was the best I've seen thing I've seen him do for a long time. Hudson-Odoi was outstanding in an unfamiliar position as a wing-back. Um, and I think overall, Adam, to me, it looked like there was a game plan, tactically at least, albeit that it was all fart and no shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was
4: kind of an inevit- inevitable because he'd had an hour the night before to try and sort out the team and, and drill them in what he wanted. So um, they were they were in a bit of a difficult position, I think, a lot of those Chelsea players, because if Chelsea had, had won that game comfortably with the likes of Rudiger and Jorginho, pulling the the strings but standing out everyone would have really probably got on them saying well you weren't doing this for Frank and whatnot and if but if they'd lost then the other side would have been like well Lampard was right you aren't good enough so the fact it was a 0-0 draw was probably a middle ground between both of those arguments Um, but I do think there's going to be a lot of of good times with Thomas Tuchel you know it is a shame that for Chelsea fans that it's not going to be with Frank Lampard because I think that would have been the ultimate. To win something with Frank Lampard in charge would have been better than winning pretty much anything else yeah. with anyone else. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the reality is, unless Frank Lampard had walked off into the sunset in five years' time with two Champions Leagues and a Premier League or when That no matter was the plan, he... Adam. That was the plan. <laughs> but no matter when he went, it was always going to hurt, if you know what I mean. Yeah. The fact it's happened this soon it makes it hurt that much more for yeah. Chelsea fans. But um, I think whenever Frank left was going to hurt. Um, but Thomas Tuchel, you know, he is a very good coach. He he will get Chelsea playing good football in time. And I think Chelsea will probably do quite well with him in charge. How long that lasts is, you know, anyone's guess at this point.
1: I mean, a year and a half. Well, that's yeah. what we're all saying, aren't we? And I mean, ironically, he's got an 18-month contract. Um,
2: I don't think so, though. Can I just say, I, I, I thought he gave a fabulous interview.
1: Yeah. Did you sushi. see? Did you see? I put it on our WhatsApp yeah, follow, group. Did you watch yeah. it? yeah fantastic
4: yeah, yeah say I thought, I thought his press conference was really really, really good like he was really charismatic, yeah, really likable yeah. um intelligent, intelligent uh you could see that you know he, he really understood what he was sort of saying and, and the tactical side of it, explaining things really really clearly I, um, I love the fact that he said um uh, i I would play Kante in the double six, and you could think
2: "All right, said, okay, he's it brought it in
1: he's brought it in already, I knew he wouldn't be able to resist oh, okay really, adam adam. Tell me, please. No, no, can what I just say, No, no, I want to ask him what no, a double one, one six second,
2: is. thing second, I'm going to say, what I love was the complete silence in the press room for when he said it. And every, I, I was thinking, everybody's going to have to look this up. They're going to, everybody is not... Nobody's saying anything about what he said. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, God, Jude, Jude, God, God, God. Well, what, what, <laughs>
1: come on then, Adam. I trust you to know more about football than me. What on earth no. is a double six? So,
4: ironically, I've literally written a piece that's going up on Football London about Kante tomorrow morning. Um, I think what he was saying in essence is that Kante was always at his best in a midfield two. And that's where he was at his best when Leicester won the title. He played in a two with Danny Drinkwater. It's where he came in uh, at Chelsea, played alongside Matic in the Conte title winning season. Um, and it was always a part a, 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 as a midfield two. Now with Lampard, well, with Sarri first and then Lampard, he's obviously played as uh, number eight in terms of being the on the right hand side of a three, midfield three or he's played as a number six, as sort of the deepest of those three in what would be the quote-unquote Makalele role. But Kante's never been like Makalele. K- Makalele used to sit, sit in his little position, Would
1: if someone came near him. And, and Mikel did the same, Adam.
4: Yeah, whereas yeah. Kante he was always at his best in one of those two, as a centre midfield two, where he would basically close off loads and loads of space, and if anyone came in near, near him in that space, he was going to have the ball off you. So I think that's what Thomas Tucker was saying, is that as a... As a double six or as two centre midfielders or deeper centre midfielders, that's where Kante is going to get, you're going to get your best from Kante. And I actually, I do agree with him. Yeah. I think we all
1: agree. We've all We'll, agree.
4: Allow, we'll allow Kante to go and do his search and destroy, basically. He's, he's um, not
1: just a sitter. I think we, no. we've all kind of recognised that. So, I mean, here's the thing, Adam, and I mean, you know, if if I haven't mentioned it enough already, and Adam is paying me to, to say this, this is true. You know, he, <laughs> he wrote a very good article on Abramovich today, but he also wrote a very good one on, on Mount and, and what I liked about it most was I'm not sure not entirely sure I agree with it, but Adam's uh tenet really was that, you know, Mount will do very well with Tuchel and Tuchel will do very well with Mount. I have to be honest, Adam, I am a bit worried because I think if he wants to play a double six, you see I would have Mount and Kante in the two deeper midfielders because mm. I think that Mount has the energy to get up and down and to press. Although of course the other issue we have, and I'll get on to this in, in part three, is that, of course, Mount can also play much higher up. He could play as one of the two behind the striker if we're going to go mm. for with a 3-4-2-1. My worry is is that Tuchel, Tuchel will um, squeeze Mount out to put Jorginho with Kante, or squeeze out Mount to put you know, A and other Pulisic, ZH with Havertz. So either mm. Havertz or Jorginho potentially in my view could squeeze Mount out and that's why I'm worried. But you're not. So explain why you're not.
4: So firstly I don't think uh, Thomas Took will be wedded to the back three all the time. He's I say yeah, he's proven at, at previous clubs that he's been happy to use a four two 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 or a four two three one and I think there are sort of good positions for Mount in that. Um, within the sort of three four three I think it was kind of noticeable, uh, it was noticeable against um, Wolves the other night that uh, Havertz and Ziyech were both quite narrow and obviously with the wing-backs, they sort of became number 10s behind Giroud and had let like, Callum Hudson-Odoi and Ben Chilwell provide that width. So I think Mason Mount could play quite comfortably in one of those two roles. And the reason I was I'm sorry, I wrote, you know, Thomas Tuchel made that point and it was a point that a lot of people had focused on, the 16 ball recoveries in the final third. And if you want your team to be winning the ball back high at the pitch, if you want them to be pressing with a lot of energy and intensity, then Mason Mount is primed to do that. Um, I don't, you know, I think Frank Lampard said he's never seen another midfielder press as well as Mason Mount. So if Tucker wants that from his sort of midfielders or his sort of number 10 slash whatever you want to call them, <laughs> I think that's where Mason Mount's really going to thrive in, in the system the the
2: thing is adam is he likely to play this system again he only played it 13 times um i think we're not with the uh, um, borussia rather than than psg because he flits around with the system so much and yeah. also um uh, i think it's it's false to debate whether the players are going to play because um he will use the whole squad because and a very interesting point about him i read was that um uh, uh, and also about Frank His last season one of the reasons Frank was so successful and earlier on because they were pressing much more mm-hmm. and Frank this the, the, particularly in the second half is 15th in the division at the amount of pressing somewhere something something happened that he stopped he stopped using the energy perhaps they were all he wanted to play the same players and they got exhausted whereas um, the fact that, that Tuchel keeps saying what an excellent squad it is and, and in previous um carnation carnations has played huge numbers of the players he's got in the squad to keep them fresh i think we're going to see different patterns and different people i mean i was intrigued by the way that um that Jorginho, all right he's he, he, everybody we know people we've actually said on the show we don't want him ever playing again you know uh, for, for chelsea was in that setup all right his first first desire is to play the ball back but He's a playmaker. He likes playmakers. We may find him playing in a different setup more often. And mm. I, I don't think he's going to specifically say this is my team. He's going to move it around. I mean, I'm actually I'm intensely excited by all the possibilities that we can come up with because he clearly is a tactical guru, and we're going to see. And he, and he apparently he forensically examines what the other team is going to give us. So I'm intrigued to see what he's going to do against Burnley. Because he'll try and find a way of dealing with big defensive ball booted up. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now because Gidge is tapping No, no, on Mark.
1: His... Mark has put his Mark. hand up, no, no, Mark. which is amazing I'm, for the fan cast. Nobody ever does that. So... I'm, I'm 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 so polite. I was going
3: <laughs> to was going I to say a double six is a twelve in my maths world, but I, I understand. I understand where where Adam and Tuchel are, are coming from. You yeah, Tuchel has been you know described not just as a tactician; he's very analytical in how he approaches the game. So uh, I think he will do various lineups. Uh, and again, I remain optimistic. You know I'm an eternal optimist, chidge for, for Mason, that even if he plays a double six, and that double six might be a Jorginho and Kante. You know, as Adam says, I think there's a likelihood that Mason could play further forward. If he was playing sort of the three at the back, and if it was Chilwell and Hudson-Odoi as part of a three or a five, you've got the two sitting midfield players. You know, It's almost like a 5-2-2-1, potentially playing, and Mason can play that further forward. Or, yeah, if he goes to a flat-back four, he, he he does vary his size, whether he is at PSG or Borussia. yeah. And I can safely say I didn't watch PSG last season or Borussia <laughs> the year before. <laughs> well, well
1: done. Um, listen, listen, people, I mean, I, I, we've got to really move on because we've already mm. got uh, Dave from Burnley hanging on. Um, mm. But, uh, I mean, interestingly, actually, Adam, I was listening to the commentary on uh, on on Wednesday and they were saying that Tuchel obviously also likes the 4222 which of course Frank's uh, played a bit this season as well. Just to sum it up really Adam um you know what do you think the realistic expectations are and I know that seems like a really stupid question to ask because we know it's like winning everything and if you don't you get sacked but you mm-hmm. know do you think Number one, what are the expectations, and it, obviously winning, but you know, will he be expected to, to continue bringing the youth through that we've, we've seen Frank do and really hope continues? And the other thing is, do you think it will help or hinder him not having fans in the stadium?: Good
4: question. Uh, to begin with, I definitely think that it's going to help him not having fans. Firstly, because I think the the imagine the atmosphere on Wednesday night oh, had Stamford Bridge being full. Yeah, yeah. Um, That would not have been an easy situation. Rudiger for the and
1: Jorginho would have shrunk oh. visibly. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it
4: wouldn't. It wouldn't have been easy for the players. It wouldn't have been easy for for Thomas Tuchel. So in that respect, yeah, great not having the fans in. Um, over time, I'm sure he will want the fans back because. We all want to, you know, or everyone wants the fans back, or the players want the fans back. We all, you know, we want to be there. So, and yeah, in time, I'm sure it will be a benefit to have the fans back. In terms of what the objectives are, I think this season it get us into the top four, please. Um, which is, you know, the Chelsea are seven points off now. It's not going to be that easy to claw back, but um, seeing as everyone else can't string a load of wins together either, maybe it will, uh, it will happen. But going forward, yeah, I mean... You'd like to think that Chelsea have said to him, "We still want to keep this, this this sort of production line coming from the academy." You know, Conor Gallagher's been out is out on loan. He's having a good season. Mark Gur he's having an excellent season at Swansea. You know, it'd be nice to see these lads incorporated at some point. Um, but you know, as as Thomas Tuchel said in his own press conference, he knows the realities of Chelsea. He's got to win, and if he doesn't win, then he'll go.
1: Yeah, that's good. Well, I, I, I got the same impression from that presser, which, as I said, I was hugely impressed by. Um, now, I've got a real treat for you lot out there. Um, I'm doing an interview with uh, Ben from uh, Borussia Dortmund London, which is the Borussia Dortmund fans group. And he knows all about Tommy T. Uh, and I'm going to be talking to him about it. And it'll go up as a special uh, kind of one-off Chelsea fancast this weekend. We'll get a real insight uh, from a supporter who's, who's you know, uh, had a club that he supports managed by two shells So look out for that one. And at the end of this show, I have another treat for you because I have I have uh, appropriated a song for Tommy T. Yes, so don't go away. Now, talking of impressed... It? You huh? singing- will you be singing it? I've recorded it, so I don't <laughs> even have to do it live. I did it as a special treat for Walter Otten. Are you playing I- guitar? No, no, it's unaccompanied. It's, oh, okay. It's, it's vocal, solo. Uh, there's a little bit of kind of instrumentation done by me, but other than that, it's just me. Anyway. What, that, comb, comb and paper? No, no, no comb, no paper. Just me, just voice. Solo voce. Uh, anyway, that'll be at the end of the show. Now, talking of impressive debuts by uh, by Tommy T and his presser, I have to say Adam has put in a, a profoundly brilliant uh, debut on the Chelsea fan cast. What a delight to have you on. I'm really, really pleased to see you and have you on, Adam. So thank you for that.
4: No, thank you very much for having me guys anytime yeah great stuff. good to have you on adam take care everyone
1: there you go and uh you can you can read adam's stuff every day in uh, football.london of course and uh annoyingly you have to put up with me once a week usually at the weekend but uh, my mind's on uh as as adam knows mine's basically kind of just really summing up what happened to frank and what you know what's going to happen in the future and i tried not to be too angry didn't i adam
4: yes no yeah it's going up sunday morning it's it a is. good read I'd, it I'd, it's worth finding website and, and checking it out <laughs> okay
1: adam you're a star mate we will see you back actually i'm really looking forward to having you on the uh the two and a half hour monster that we do on a monday <laughs> uh you know because that'll be great fun on february 8th adam's back with us so look out for that adam brilliant to see you, you take care yeah uh, to you guys brilliant stuff now we're going to be back in a second and we're going to be talking to the lovely dave roberts from uh well he's he's on the no name never uh burnley podcast but he's also uh, judging from his twitter feed burnley historian and occasional co-commentator wow. so there you go we're blessed with stardom anyway we will be back in a minute
0: Jetzt bei KFC 34 Tage, 34 Angebote. Sichert dir jetzt legendäre Rabatte zu EM. Nur in der App und auf kfc.de. KFC legendär lecker.
1: Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason
4: Cundy and you're listening to Chich and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast.
1: Total Nutters and Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com right uh, welcome back to part two of the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show with me, Stamford Chidge, him down there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. And him up there, the lovely Mark Meehan. Hello, everybody. There we go. Now, uh, of course, as you know, uh, we've got a weekend match against Burnley. Uh, We always have a weekend match, which is why we're previewing it. Duh. Uh, And, of course, we always like to get uh, the view of the opposition. And we have a very erudite person right after this. The opposition view. Yes, uh, this week we've got the lovely Dave Roberts, who, as I said uh, before we went to the break... Uh, is the why well, he's going to tell me exactly what that means? But he he stars himself as the Burnley Statistorian, uh, a call uh, an occasional commentator as well. But he's also on the No Nay no, Never podcast. Dave Roberts, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. Thank you very much for having me. Absolute pleasure, mate. Now please tell us what a Statistorian is.
5: Um, well, it's a totally unofficial capacity, but it's someone who has an interest in statistics, but also in history. So, um, in terms of what I tweet about, I'm looking back at games in terms of um, games going all the way back and the, the history of the games, but also looking at the current stats and going forward. So, it's kind of a, a mix of the two. I
1: like that. I like that a lot. Now, uh, we're going to get right up to date because, uh, <clears throat> uh, I mean, it's interesting actually because, I mean, we had a, a mate of ours, uh, Andy Hodgson, on who you probably know. Yes. Actually, yes. he's an old mate of ours from from our Love Sport Radio days. We had him earlier on in the season, uh and he predicted a thorough, you know, 3 nil win to Burnley or something, but that didn't <laughs> didn't quite go as he planned. But and and it was all a bit grim for Burnley at the time. I mean, you were I think he might have even been bottom at the time and uh there were plans of takeovers and all this kind of thing. Of course, as I suspected would happen and I probably said so n- knowing me, Sean <laughs> you Dyche did. You has, did, you did yeah. You did. Well, I've got faith in Sean Dyche. I'm a I'm a big fan of him. I like him, but he's turned things round, hasn't he, Dave? How's he done it?
5: Um, I think with sticking with his philosophy. I think that um, it was a tough start to, start to the season. You, you you've touched on that. Um, We did only have, I think it was one point from the first six games. It was a really, really difficult start for us. Um, He had one or two personnel missing. I think Ben Mee, in particular, uh, central defence, we missed in the early part of the season when he's come back in um, that partnership with uh, James Tarkovsky and Nick Pope behind. That three together seems to be sort of the linchpin of the Burnley defence. That's made a big difference. Um, But yeah, Sean Dyche is is the sort of guy who does stick to his philosophy. Uh, We've seen it before. We had a really tough start. Uh, the season we qualified for Europe got into the uh, uh, qualifying stage of the Europa League, and the first half of that season, I think we had 12 points from 19 games. We were struggling uh, bottom two, and second half of the season, we turned it around, and there was no real difficulty in the end. So um, he does have confidence in what he does. And I think to some extent, that there are. I think there's now a growing appreciation amongst fans of other clubs, not just Burnley fans, that he is what he is, he does what he does, and he's got a reputation within the game and he's is a, a tough manager to, to take on and, and opposition fans I think are, are seeing that more and more.
2: Dave, how would you describe Burnley's style? Is it just defensive and then and then playing the ball very quickly forwards? I mean I'm just always bemused. Is it, it does he change tactics specifically? Or is, I mean I, I'm always impressed the fact that he gets very decent players to play. Who people have slightly written off. I'm a big fan of Rodriguez, for example, who I thought was really terrific at Southampton, and has then seemed to just slightly get off the boil at um, uh, and, and get transferred. in yet, as I've always thought, was a terrific player. And the same with Wood. Wood is clearly a class act. But uh, so, what what happens? Do you think also? I've asked you two questions here. What happens at the beginning of a season where they all seem to start off slowly?
5: Is it, it what, what what's that all about? If any idea. Uh, Well, we didn't start off slowly in the 2017-18 season. We beat Chelsea (laughs) 3-2.
1: Too shame. Too (laughs) shame. Right, that's It's really, really been lovely to hear from Dave.
5: We're now on to part three. You can tell I've done my research. We, we've got a preview <laughs> out as well, which we're recording later tonight. So, uh, yes, that was one I was uh, uh, recapping and recounting when we're going Brilliant. through that. But, yeah, I think you, you're right. There is sort of a, uh, a defensive bedrock, that sort of mindset coming in. But within that, there is um, opportunities when we can have them to play more expansive, outgoing football. But I think there's the realism in there that you can't go out there and do that against teams at the top of the table when we 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 won at liverpool we had the victory at liverpool but it was very much a uh, a building from the back and then we took a chance and and, and scored from a penalty late in the game. But we're never going to go out and beat, you know, likes of Liverpool, likes of Chelsea, uh, likes of Arsenal, Tottenham, Manchester City. We're never going to go out there and, and play them off the park and win three or four nil. I think there's a realism a realisation for the manager that's never going to happen. And he instils that into the players that I think you've got to stay in the game. I think the, there are times... Uh, in games when you are struggling. It's a case of stay in the game and then you get a chance to uh, to build on that later.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that was very... I mean, you know... I, I mean, your form has been far better than ours recently, Dave. I mean, the last three matches you've beaten Villa at home 3-2, and which is... I mean, Villa are a decent side this year, but Burnley find it hard to score. So I think that's the first time... I mean, you'll tell me you the stats man. It's the first time they've scored three goals for quite a while. Uh, Fulham, you... you uh, well, having said that, you beat Fulham three 0 yes. so I'm an idiot. But don't worry about that. But Fulham, you know, we struggled to beat them one nil the other week. And as you said, the best, the best one was uh, was Liverpool away. I mean, I mean, you know, you you brought a huge joy to most right-thinking football fans by doing that. Talking, talking of the Liverpool match, uh, Dave, what was the the spat between uh, Dyche and Klopp out? Uh, Klopp uh, about again? Something that gave huge delight to many uh, football fans hoping that you know maybe Dyche might stick the nut on him or something I don't know
5: what was um, it about I'm not sure exactly I mean there's it, it a half time wasn't it there yeah. was an incident immediately before half time and then there was um uh, I think Ashley Barnes was involved Ashley Barnes had already been booked earlier in the game so whether there was something carrying over from that I'm not too sure but it looked like Dyche had already headed down the tunnel and then Klopp went after him and obviously said something. And then, you know, Sean Dyche wasn't just going to let that go. He says things back. I think they, they tried to play it down. Or certainly Sean Dyches tried to play it down after the game, saying it's, you know, heat of the moment and, and, and words exchanged. And and that was it. And I don't expect him to uh, to bear too many grudges. But it was something and nothing, I think. Kind of Klopp picked on the wrong
1: cases. man there, really, didn't he?
5: Let's be fair, Dave. Um, yeah, well, you've seen some of these um, lists, haven't you? In terms of who you'd rather uh, have in a, a fight in, in, in a pub. So I think, uh, yeah, I think I'd rather have Sean Dyche on my side oh, than yeah, me uh, than, too. Than Klopp.
1: Any day of the week, any day of the week, Jonathan. You look poised, poised like a tiger.
2: Uh, no, I was just going to say that um, I remember Sarin getting the um, the uh, the thin end of the wedge with um, with Sean Dyche, who um, uh, uh, um, questioned his. Uh, um, uh, histrionics at some stage I think Surrey was probably and, and
1: the smell of the cigarettes I'm going to say he
2: was gagging for a fag at the time <laughs> I think so I was probably upset but um, um uh I, I, where I sit you tend to hear the exchanges going on and um um it was a bit evil there were some evil there were some evil things said by Daish who uh but no no I I'm I'm I think like like uh, all of us I think you're absolutely correct I think there is a, a um not even growing I think there is a, a, a respect and uh, and uh, um, uh, um, uh, just an, a, an acceptance of how uh, how excellent Burnley can play. I it's just there's a, a an attitude that clearly comes from him, which is they scrap, and occasionally Barnes can become one of the hate, most hated players in the division, particularly when he bloody
1: um, good at what he does, though.
2: Yeah, well, it's the kind of player I said I said on the programme before that. If Barnes was playing for us, we'd love it when he got yeah. stuck in. Like Costa. It, it, it's Costa-like. It's Costa-like. Yeah. And um, so, uh, and I, um, uh, you, do, you know, it's like, and Tarkovsky, uh, very good player. Indeed, there was a theory that one of the reasons that Frank fell out with Marina was that um, he'd been trying to buy Tarkovsky and uh, and they wouldn't have it and they bought silver. Um, so I wonder what, if they had bought him, what Tarkovsky would have gone for several uh, um, probably forty million or something. But um I love the fact as I said before, you know, Vidra um uh, on his last leg supposedly and then they buy him and he's a class act coming on as a sub. You know, there's there's a lot to admire in this Burnley side. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting.
1: Mm. Mark
3: evening Dave. Uh, just picking up on the point you made at the start obviously the, the win at Stanford Bridge a couple of years ago, if you look at the playing record that Dyes has against Chelsea You know, we do well at Turf Moor, but Burnley in more recent times have done better at Stamford Bridge. And if you look at your more recent results, some of your best performances recently have been away from home, particularly, you know, beating Liverpool. Thank you very much. Yeah. Is it the way he sets his side up away from home that you're a better side away from home than you have to take the game to sides at home? You know, is there a way, way that's playing that your results seem better on the road, particularly against Chelsea, for example?
5: I'm not sure there is particularly. I think we do that quite a lot at home. I think there is a frustration that um, even at home that Burnley don't quite uh, come out of the blocks enough. I think that's maybe different when there's not a crowd there. I think now with um, uh, matches behind closed doors, you've not got that same sort of pressure you would have if there's a, a full turf more. Um, but, it's yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I think they, they have been this season. We've had the, just the two away wins in the league. We beat um, Liverpool 1-0. We beat um, Arsenal 1-0. And they were... You know, again, tight games, Burnley won by the odd goal. But I think we'd set out with that in mind. It wasn't a case of, yeah, we're going to go and play Arsenal off the park. We're going to play Liverpool off the park. We're going to go and stay in the game and we're going to see if we can get a result. And we did do in those instances. What we haven't quite done is we've been to Manchester City last four times and we've got beaten 5-0. So, you know, that can
1: happen as well. Mm, That's an interesting point. I mean, you know, kind of alluding or kind of carrying on from that. I mean, one of the things that I've picked up is that you know, Burnley are are finding it hard to score away from home, and and you know we're all. I mean, it's really funny actually, Dave. And I think I think I think we said this to uh, to Andy uh, back when we played you earlier on in the season that it, it's it's kind of weird. You know, you kind of go as a, as a Chelsea supporter, you kind of should go into a Burnley match thinking. Yeah, it's Burnley. You know, we should wallop you lot any day of the week. But actually, in reality, what we often do is go, oh, my God, it's Burnley. They're going to beat the shit out of us and, and really upset us and probably, you know, nick a, a, a curmudgeonly 1-0 or something. But the reality is our record against you has been pretty good both home and away recently. So it's kind of all I always find find it weird to call. But, uh, it, you know, does the fact that you're not scoring many goals away from home worrying you a bit?
5: Um, I think the uh, number of goals we scored overall is a worry. Although, having said that, we have scored three in the last two games. We scored three against Fulham um, and also three against Aston Villa. But they were the exceptions this season, rather than the uh, the rule. So I think it's not just an away from home home issue. It is a general issue. We haven't scored enough goals. Um, I mean, we have had reasonable results against you down at Stamford Bridge. We had a, a couple of draws. Um, we've had the victory, I think it's one extreme or the other, the other three uh, losses in the Premier League have all been uh, comfortable, Chelsea wins, Chelsea mm. have won all of those 3 nils. so um, yeah, it's one of those, it's it's, it's a, a tough game for us, but I think it'll be a case of, again, going out with a similar mindset, it'll be a case of going in the first 45 minutes, trying not to concede, trying to stay in the game, if we can nick a goal in the first half, all well and good, and that, that makes it a different game, then if, if Burnley get the first goal, then Maybe Chelsea have to uh, alter their mindset a little bit as well.
1: Are you worried about a manager bounce? I mean, I, I mean, you know, Wolves for us uh, on Wednesday, I mean, Tuchel had only been there for a matter of hours. So, you know, I'd, I, it was going to be hard to see any effect there. But he's, he would have had a few days to work with the players. Um, I mean, one thing we saw, Dave, you probably heard us talking earlier on, you know, that the, at least, at the very least, they were all running around and putting more effort in for him. But with a few days training, maybe uh, maybe we might see some a effect. Are you worried about that? Um, yes and no. I think that that can
5: happen with uh, with sides. Although again, you might have um, overload player overload in terms of having too much to take on. So there's thing to manage within that as well. I think um, Frank Lampard's had a reasonably good record when he's uh, managed against Sean Dyche in the couple of games he has. So um, I'm not sure that's going to have a, a, an overbearing impact on the game. Mm, to
1: all right. We're going to get you to stick your colours to the mast, Dave. What do you? How do you see it going? What, what do you reckon the score will be? Um, I'm going to sit on the fence and go for a one-one draw. Mm, okay, Dave, you have been nothing short of wonderful. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you tonight. Thank you for you know devoting a bit of time for us this evening. Um, yes, tell us a little bit more about what you do. I mean, I, I know you're on the No Nay Never uh, podcast, which are a fine bunch of people. I think I've I've done a, a bit of a pre-recorded thing for their, for your preview tonight as it happens. Yes. So tell us a bit about No Nay Never. How did it start and, and what else do you do in and around Burnley? Um, no Nay Never has been going for a while. I
5: think um, I wasn't involved at the start, but that was 2013-14 um, t- uh, season. Uh, that was a promotion season for Burnley, the first time uh, we'd come up from the Championship with Sean Dyche, which obviously helped things get off the ground. Um, I've been involved for the last two or three seasons. Uh, first of all, on the uh, more in terms of the post-analysis show that we do. And then we develop that out. So we now do a, a dedicated preview show um, and we have sort of a, a half an hour and it's kind of looking forward and back. So it's looking back at memorable games, getting an opposition view on there and then also looking forward to the game as well. So that's uh, that's that side of it. Um, and then you mentioned about, uh, I've done um, co-commentary for Burnley going back a lot of years. Um, again, probably maybe five or six times a season something like that Phil Bird who's the uh, main club commentator uh, I used to work with um, and he asked me once oh do you fancy coming on and uh, doing a bit of co-commentary so I did that once or twice oh, and it kind yeah. of developed from there so um, I've not done it for a while I've not, I've, I've not been on a game since, uh, since lockdown uh, I think Andy, who you've spoken to, uh, he has. Um, and it may well be that I can uh, get on for a game sometime soon. But hopefully, I think we're all hoping that we can get fans safely back into grounds and uh, things can return a bit more to normality.
1: Yeah, you've got to be better than Hodgson. I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can not <couldn't> possibly comment.
2: <laughs> can I just say, I've got John Connolly, Jimmy McElroy and Ray Pointers autographs.
1: Oh, very good. <laughs> you weirdo. I'm a weirdo, <laughs>
2: Excuse me, I got them at Fulham. I got them when I was, when they were playing. I'm very
5: old, Dave. By the way, all sadly departed. Yes, all. three. Yes, indeed, I'll well. Tell you what,
1: I remember. I remember Leighton James when I was a kid. Yeah, decent, Brady, yeah. and uh, Brian Flynn,
2: Steve Kindon. There yeah, Dave yeah. Thomas. Dave Thomas, there what there a good go.
1: player he was. Yes. We could do this all night, can't we? But we're Ooh, not. we not. Wow. We're not going to. Um,
3: Frank Frank Casper. Oh. Yeah,
1: Frank Casper. Man. Leave it Martin out. Martin
3: Dobson. Leave it <laughs> out. It's,
1: this is like that kind of weird game they play on uh, play on Talk Sport with the, Yeah, you know what was it? What do they call it? Ian Culverhouse, it's like a Burnley version of Ian Culverhouse, anyway, look, Dave, as I said, uh, you've been absolutely brilliant, really appreciate your time, say hello to the no nay never people for me, and, and I would say one thing, just to finish up, you know, I don't, I don't know what the other chaps think, but uh, and I said this on, on the little preview I did for you, but I really miss uh, matches like Burnley away, I mean, I know where it's down for Bridge this weekend, but I miss the Burnley away trip, it's a brilliant away trip. It's, such it's freezing a, cold. Well, I was going to say, it's a brilliant away <laughs> trip uh, it, because, you know, it's just such a proper old stadium and I really love it. The only trouble with Burnley is I don't think I've ever gone up to Burnley, even no matter what time of year it is. It could be August and it, you still freeze your nuts off. But other than that, it's a great trip and we miss it. We miss being at grounds like Burnley. So hopefully we'll get the chance sooner rather than later.
5: Yeah, we hope to have you back soon. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mate, take care. I would wish you good luck uh, for Sunday, but I can't, obviously. But I will wish you luck for the rest of the season. hope you stay up. I'm sure you will. Dyche knows what he's doing. So uh, thank you very much, Dave Roberts. Yeah, thank well, you. Cheers, Dave. There you go, Dave Roberts from uh, No Nay Never podcast, uh, which is a Bernie podcast. Obviously, giving his uh, giving his view uh, on what's going to happen on Sunday. Uh, We're going to be back for part three in a minute when we're going to give our version of events. So we look forward to seeing you then. Real fans,
5: real opinions.
4: I'm Jason Cundy.
1: And you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea
2: Football
5: Fancast.com.
1: Okay, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show with me, Stamford Chidge, him over there, Sir Jonathan of Kid. Oh,
2: my dear chap.
1: And uh, the uh, understudy to his Gilgood, uh, Mr. Mark Meehan.
2: Good evening, everybody.
1: Lovely. Good to see you both. Always nice. I tell you, I was so knackered. I was saying to Mark before we went on air, J.K., I'm so tired. I can hardly keep my eyes open. The end of the week's been a bit of a. I've worked like a like a proverbial this week, but uh, I'm I'm fully awake now. Aided and assisted. Actually, interesting. We're talking about Burnley because I am drinking a pint of Wainwright's Gold. Which is a you lake.
2: Can't see it, you? It keeps fading in and I know, out.
1: I am doing my rent. It's like Rent-A-Ghost, isn't it? My, yeah. my, with my with my screen. He <laughs> was beard. freaking me
2: out earlier doing that. It
1: was, it was so peculiar. He was I, hand, putting your hand
2: up. We the, thought you were giving us the wanker sign.
1: There's my, I've disappeared again. There you go. <laughs> Much better. So there we go. Anyway, enough of our piffle. Um, time to talk about the Chelsea Burnley game from our point of view. My goodness gracious me. I don't think I've ever gone into, well, since we've been doing the previews, ever gone into a game with so little knowledge about what might happen, um, which is kind of, it's really odd, isn't it? And yet there's still so much to talk about because there's all this unknown. Um, I think the first thing, chaps, really is we don't quite know what system he's going to play because you were right, Jonathan, and and you, Mark, I think you both mentioned this to Adam, that uh, basically we we know that Tuchel likes to set uh, his team up to take account of the opposition and he's a horses for courses guy, so he's not wedded to one system. So we don't really know what he's going to start with. So that, having been said, that's my huge caveat, basically my my get out of jail free card. Because on the basis that he does what he did against Wolves and he starts with three four two one, I'm I I've come up with an interesting kind of little balloon game all on my own when I was bored the other night. So there's a team that I think he should pick if he sticks to three four two one. And also, how he might accommodate some of these players that we've been talking about, maybe not getting a game, but also knowing that he will rotate. Do you see? Do you follow me so far? No. Yep. No, Jonathan. Catch up <laughs> when you're ready. No pressure. All right. So I wrote three four two one down as well. All right. So on that basis, I, this is kind of what I think he should play within the three four two one. Mendy he and goal. Play. We will play. Well, I, no. This is what I I would pick. Okay. okay so okay. if i was if i'm if i'm tommy two shits right yeah. and i'm picking the team on sunday and i'm yeah. being told and i've decided to play three four three four two one right yeah. then this is what i would pick mendy in goal all right aspie uh silver and rudiger there's a reason why i would put rudiger because i don't rate him as you know but if he's playing three at the back i think he's a better uh kind of left-sided three at the back than Zoomer is yeah. just my opinion <sighs> in the midfield the four i think i think uh hudson adoy did a f- tremendous job uh as the right wing back against wolves and it would be very churlish to drop him so he would start you have got to start kante and mount i think so i um, this double six things a bit of an anathema to me but i would do that Chilwell as the other the left wing back um havertz being that mount will be playing with kante uh, Havertz I thought again lo- it looked interesting actually and I think I think this is something that we can look forward to how Tommy Tuchel will get a, a, a tune out of, of Havertz and I thought he looked good there I would put, pick Pulisic to go next to him because Pulisic as we know is not just a winger he can play as a kind of a number 10 and I'll tell you what I don't know about you, what you think. I mean, I know that the stats kind of bear this out a bit, and I know that he did really, you know, he's done some good work. But I'm not convinced by Zet yet. You know, I don't know whether if he's not fit or if he's just a bit of a lazy luxury player or whatever. But frankly, in that role, I would have Havertz and Pulisic. and I would actually start Werner because I kind of really want to see what 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 Tuchel will do to get a tune out of Werner. Although interestingly. He said pretty much, frankly, what Frank was saying, which is that he's not an out-and-out winger, but he's not an out-and-out centre-forward. He's got He's kind of an old, you know, like the, an inside forward, and you've got to be quite careful how you play him or if you pair him with somebody. So Vernon's a bit of a dilemma here, but I, I would pick him, but I would easily, happily play Tammy Abraham, certainly on form right now, and I would certainly play Tammy over Giroud. But in, in order of other accommodations with this kind of... If he does play three four two one, James can come in for Aspie quite happily. Zuma can come in for Silva quite happily. Aspie could come in for Rudiger on the left quite happily. James or Pulisic could come in for Hudson-Odoi on the right quite happily. Alonso and Emerson could probably come in for Chilwell. We know Alonso's a really good wing-back. Why not? Mount could substitute for Havertz in that kind of advanced role quite happily. Ziyech got picked there the other day uh, instead of Pulisic, so we know he could do that. And as I said, Werner, Abraham, Giroud, interchangeable. The two people I do not want to see, well, there's one person I don't want to see anywhere near it, and that's Jorginho. I'll stomach Kovacic, but not Kovacic and bloody Jorginho. Arovedeci. Bugger off. So
2: according to your team selection, there are eighteen players. No, no,
1: I'm right? I, I, I picked an eleven, which is what I first said, and I'm saying it just shows you it being that he can. Re- that I think what I'm really saying there's a place for all of these players that they can fit into what he wants to do. You know, I don't think of, I don't think there's going to be a. I don't see a squeezing out other. The only, I mean, you know, the reality is the, the the two positions that I've said in there that I don't have anybody who can come in for them are. Kovacic and Mount as the double sixes—that's the thing.
2: Is isn't Kanté still injured though? I think there was. A yeah, he's doubt back. That... He's back. He's back this week. They said. Okay. Well, he loves him, so he's going to try and play him, as he said in the double six, which basically just
1: means. Yeah, two.
2: I, I mean, my, my my um, not fear is the wrong word. I thought Kovacic had a pretty decent game.
1: Yeah, not bad. I mean, I don't mind Kovacic. Yeah. For God's sake, he was well, our so best I player think, last year. Let's I not be too was, churlish. But I, I, he's got a kind of
2: of you know snap snappy quality to him, and I wonder whether. Um, Pulisic, he actually made a big point of saying he's wonderful off the bench, which is how he played him for Borussia, and he plays him from the right, so he did exactly the same as he knew you're what sure he was said?
1: You sure he didn't say he's wonderful on the bench? Yeah, no, I, I,
2: I thought the, uh, I thought on or off, it's difficult isn't it, those two words, they can just change the meaning of everything, but no, I, I think he definitely said off, um, so um, so that would mean uh, that he might not play him from the beginning I thought it was interesting to watch Ziyech Playing in this setup, if you play with a as the wing back, because um, he therefore becomes the winger, he's playing the uh, um, the Moses role, if you like. Um, then you've got Ziyech if he plays, he's going to play as an inside forward. He's going to play. He's going to play next to to Havertz, which was a uh, which was different and actually made him he was more involved, more involved um, rather than just being an out and out winger. And he played a lot of interesting passes across. But I'm I'm not convinced he'll play he'll play uh, a three at the back, Chidge. I'm not convinced with the two wing. I think that was just, may have been a one-off because he just didn't know what to do. Um, or, or he just knew they were going to defend. Well, here's a so question. He, here's a question. Because he no, he it changes the whole, whole team, here's, isn't it?
1: here's a question about that because I think that's a really valid point. You know, we say, oh, well, you know, he kind of stuck with, you know, what he knew and all of that. But I mean, he, he plays so many different systems. And I, I I thought, I mean, you know, quite often when a new manager comes in with very little time to prepare they'll they'll quite often just go with pretty much the same team and the same system that was played in the last match and he absolutely didn't do that did he mark he he changed i mean that's i i haven't seen a 3421 played at chelsea for well oh, i can't remember the last time i did you know so that was absolutely deviating away from what happened before wasn't it
3: yeah absolutely and he's got a track record of playing different systems but as as i said earlier Chidge, i wrote 3421 down and my team isn't that dissimilar to yours i'm going to piss you off because uh, even though I don't think it's the right thing, um, is um, I've gone for Mendy in goal. I've gone for Asby. I've gone for Silver, I've gone for Rudiger. I've gone for Callum Hudson-Odoi. I've gone for Kante. Uh, I've gone for Chilwell. I think he's going to play Kovacic or Jorginho if he's going to yes. go for the double. I think he's going to play one of them. Yes. I, I agree. I'd go with Kovacic because he was our player of the year last last year. I went for... He'll play Mount, but he'll play Mount yeah, further forward. And I put Mount and Havertz um, behind Werner up front, and I agree with you. Pulisic coming off the bench, yeah, that's where that was my score for. I, I've, I've, for some reason, although I don't think he should be there, I think he'll start with Jorginho.
1: I have to be honest with you, Mark. I mean, I didn't say what I think he would do. I said what I what I would do, yeah. and I yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I have a horrible feeling because he knows mm-hmm. he wanted Jorginho when he was at PSG. Yeah, And I think we'll get yeah, onto to this yeah, in a minute because yeah. we didn't really talk about it when we were talking he's a playmaker.
2: about playmaker. It doesn't really he's, matter he's how he's not a he
1: playmaker. Is. Well, no, but he couldn't he, make play mate.
2: mate. I, I, I don't feel we're getting we're not getting an analytical approach to this from you. You're we're getting a, we're getting a, we're getting a, we're getting a, we're getting can we get him off the out of the fucking club view
1: we're getting yeah. from you, yeah. you know?
2: I'll fucking drive
1: the taxi, mate. <laughs>
2: Whereas I'm just going but he does pass well let's give him that Mate. frequently back, backwards let's give it that but when he plays it forwards if he's got more room to play it forwards if he plays a system okay. I don't think he'll play every week I think he'll change it according well, to the team he, play.
1: and I think this is we does, we, you know? we we don't know and and but we this is what we're led to believe but um I look the bottom line is I I do think he'll he play Jorginho and and I think this kind of takes us into uh, another element here because that was really interesting watching the game on 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 Wednesday and I and I know it was a bit like watching paint dry at times but it was interesting and there was an element of a very possession based and I, I mean I know that our gut guts feel is that you know what is the point of possession when it doesn't go forward what is the point of Jorginho and I, and he did this on innumerable times he was in a in the kind of the last third of the pitch and he would pass back rather than looking for a ball forward and it just infuriates me. The other thing about Jorginho is that and I think this was the second half, because I think the second half, Tuchel said, look, Kovacic and Jorginho, you need to push up because you're too far away from the attacking players. And that is a criticism I would also level at Jorginho. He he often plays more as an augmented centre back than a than a kind of a quarterback type you know, midfielder, which is what he's supposed to be. However, and this is a really important caveat, and it, and it proves that I'm not just a mean old sod about Jorginho. Um, you know, with, with a team like Wolves, and this I can't remember where I read this, but this is really good analysis. With a team like Wolves, you know that they're going to sit back and just put 11 men behind the ball, because you know that one of their key strengths, as we found out when we lost to them up at Molineux, is that they can hit you on the break and get up that pitch as quick as a flash and score. So you don't want to be losing the ball to them. You want to be keeping the ball. So, you know, I don't think we can be too critical at the fact that Chelsea were brilliant at keeping the ball. We can be critical of the fact that they didn't find an opening. And let's be honest, I think they they were not far away. I mean, they created plenty of chances, and on another day they might have scored. But I, th- I think you have to look at this possession-based game in the round. And actually, hairing up the pitch and playing a shit pass and getting hit on the counter is not what we want to see. And in fact, that is what we did see against Wolves at Molyneux, isn't it, Mark?
3: No, I, I agree, but I also would say, you know, there's no point having sort of 78.9% possession if you don't actually do something physically with it at all the other far end. All
1: no shit, totally.
3: Oh, absolutely. All far no shit, absolutely, 100%. I, I get that logic of Wolves. It won't be this... I think it'd be very similar at the weekend with Burnley... Yeah, you know, when they won at Liverpool, similar stats that Liverpool had sort of seventy odd possession of the game, but Burnley won one nil. So that's another reason why I think Georgina will play. You know, just in case you know, Burnley play a really tight defensive game and they try and hit us on the break. Yeah,
1: I mean the the interesting thing here, which it, it's so bizarre, isn't it? You know, and and I mean that system particularly because that that is a system there without wingers, and we said this. Time and time and time again, we said it right at the beginning of the season, that Frank's biggest problem, Jonathan, how is he going to fit all these players in? You know, 15 players into eleven's not going to go. Who's going to miss out? Um, now, you know, Frank had complete and utter, utter faith in Mason Mount, a faith that I share. I will be absolutely honest with you. And I thought what Tuchel said in the presser about Mount was encouraging to hear, although we do know that you know, wily managers like him will say what needs, you know, what, what what people need to hear. The proof will be in the pudding. I'm still very worried that Mount's going to get squeezed out because, as I said, I absolutely agree with Mark. I can see him starting Kante and Jorginho as he's double six. I can see him, you know, we know the club want Havertz to play. Havertz is German. That's why he's been brought in. Havertz is going to play. So how, how then do you fit? Pulisic in who can play as a number ten, Ziyech in who can play as a number ten, Mountin who can play as a number eight or ten. You know there are a doy a doy a again. Well I mean he's, he's been he's been playing out of his skin. More he's of an better, out more of an outright winger. Better,
2: than better, Yeah, but he's it's true, he's, he's actually taking people on and putting really he, he is, players.
1: but the reality is that he, I don't I don't see I see I see Ziyech, Havertz and Mount uh sorry, Ziyech Havertz, Mount Pulisic. All playing for the same position. Yeah. yeah. And I see, I see, you know, Kante, Mount, Kovacic, Jorginho potentially playing for the same position. So this is what I was trying to say to Adam earlier on. I'm very worried that Mount could get squeezed out of here. No, but I, I think on the,
2: his reputation of consistently rotating, because he likes to keep a very high tempo indeed, um, he will just, you'll find players... Um, I think you know we'll be we'll be aghast that somebody hasn't been chosen, and the following week they play mm. because he he really likes keeping up um, the whole process. So the, the pressing process is from his previous clubs, really a very very high tempo. Which I felt for the first 20 minutes we got back to what we were doing. I thought the the passing was unbelievably slow. Got
1: better in the second um, half. It, it
2: it well it sort of went in phases. I felt I obviously had a word with them. Got better but, when um,
1: Mount came on.
2: Oh, a well, mountain Pulisic came on. The energy was great, but he will have seen that. He'll have worked it all out. I, I'm, I, I, I have, I have great faith in his ability. I think he's a very clever man.
1: Yeah, uh, he's a pro- look. The reality man. is, J.K., and I, we didn't really say this enough up top, but just on on what I've seen so far, he's a proper manager. You know, he knows his onions. He's an elite level manager. Elite, completely. Yeah, and do you know what? I had a really bizarre thought. You know me. I like the odd. Probably it's sitting on the elite, loo. Hard bizarre dream I no 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 i don't do dreams i never remember them you Thank know you. which is a bit annoying as a psychotherapist but there you go yeah. um i had this kind of weird thought and i was thinking uh, you're gonna love this i was thinking i think that antonio conte is quite possibly up there with one of the best managers we've ever had and the reason is because we were absolutely. I mean, I was there. I'm sure we were all there, weren't we? When we got absolutely, we were awful against Arsenal. Yeah. we looked yeah. like a pub team. Yeah, and then he changed it like that. Not only did he change it, he. I mean, Victor Moses is a lovely lad, but he is never going to go down as a Chelsea legend. He's never going to go down really as a, as a very good Chelsea player, in my opinion. Alonso is a limited player, but good at what he does. Antonio Conte basically got the best out of, you know, he made a silk purse out of a sow's ear. He made average players look really, really good. And we went on this ridiculous unbeaten run and won the title. For me, that is the mark of an exceptionally gifted coach. I will be intrigued to see if Tuchel can do something similar? Because, you know, we all know we've got some exceptional players, we've got some potentially exceptional players, and we've got some downright bloody average players. This is his history, Chief. If you look yeah. back, apparently,
2: particularly at Bor- Borussia. Borussia, Borussia?
1: Dortmund.
2: Uh, yeah, from Dortmund, yeah, Dortmund. <laughs> yeah, he, he, um, he made players who played in certain positions, there was a fullback. can't remember his name, made him into a, a central defender. Made, oh, no, sorry, central midfield player. He, is very, he sees people's strengths and, and moves them around the pitch and, uh, and makes them expert in those, in those positions. So I, I, I find the whole process unbelievably intriguing. In terms of Frank's legacy, the other thing he
3: did when he was at Dortmund, he wasn't afraid to play the young players and put them inside at an early age. So again, if he observes the young players in training, they might get the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. That they might fear
2: they might have lost with Frank going.
1: Yeah, well, I hope it's so. all the
2: boxes. He ticks all the boxes. Yeah, I'm, he brings, I'm, I, I'm he excited. He, he looks at, yeah. he forensically analyzes other teams. He changes tactics if thing, which is something that Frank wasn't doing towards the end. He changes tactics according to how the game is going, and he rotates, and he play, and he plays at a high tempo. All of these things uh immensely so impressive.
1: that's a good question because I think there was a bit of a fear for a lot of us after watching on Wednesday that this is too too sure ball which is like a different but same kind of thing as Sarri ball completely yeah i don't want to see that mate i don't i don't want to ever oh, see I think that we will I
2: think he was trying stuff out i think you know and i am I'm, I'm bemused at the um um the, the re the re uh, integration of rudiger who we thought had it and and if he can make him play well um to all the, to all and good you know if he can make. All the all these, he said, he was impressed by the standard, by the energy, and the and how good everybody was. Yeah. So, um, you know, if he if if he's already seeing what he can do in the division, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Jonathan sticks his neck out again if we win a win a trophy this season. Yeah,
1: uh, we never know. Uh, right, fi- the couple of obviously final uh, things. Obviously, we're going to talk about um what we how we see it going and what the result will be. But before we do that, Mark, you know, who's he going to start up front? Werner, Abraham, or Giroux?
3: I'm going for Werner. Why? And Werner's
1: just. Uh, I, I
3: just think, you know, um, he'll persevere with Werner. And I think that's another reason why he's there. So, you know, we'll win and Werner will score, is my expectation at the weekend.
1: So, well, go on then. Tell us what you think. What's the scoreline? I'm going for 2 0 to Chelsea. 2 0 Chelsea. Jonathan, uh, who's, who starts up front for you and what's the prediction? Uh, Giroud will start again. 4 um, 1. Uh,
2: why, why will Giroud start again? Uh, because I think he'll try and work out how he can play with him rather than playing uh, um, with Werner. I think he'll try and get the ball to Giroud because because I think he appreciates what a fabulous player he can be. And I think Werner is, is just so off the pace. You'll notice in training that he's not going to give him a chance in his second game. He wants to win it so i think he'll play Giroud and he'll make sure that Giroud gets the ball in the right areas but mm-hmm.
3: if jk if he did that surely he'd go with abraham and, and then because i didn't think it
2: worked particularly well no, with Giroud, I. Not. no yeah. but i don't, i think yeah. that was because of the way they were playing yeah i, I don't think he'll play with 3 again if mm-hmm. he plays the two in the middle with kante and whoever he'll play he'll play four because like, he, he i don't know where kante fits in if you're playing the 3 he doesn't fit in in the same way whereas if you play uh, if he plays with the four um Therefore, the whole team will have to be changed according to the. To, he can't play Adore as the wing back. Adore probably doesn't get in, but, but I think he could then play Ziyech on the wing. In which case, he'll 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 attempt to play um, Giroud up front. I think how he tweaks it depends how they feed the ball. The very fact that they're playing, he's got them playing in slightly more narrow midfield positions when they play the three is just is is interesting. But it, it might all expand when he plays the four. I think he'll start with Giroud, and I think he'll bring Tammy on then. I don't think I still think that Werner is. Um, Uh, I think he needs some kind of arm round coaxing was the impression I got from uh, from what he said in the presser as well. So uh, but I know. How do we know? We're not we're not the brain. I feel like calling him the brain. I think he's a um, very. uh, uh, um, They call him him the professor. uh, Perfect. Perfect. Because I think we have bizarrely um, lucked into a situation where we've got one of the. Uh, the best managers well, in
1: the I, I don't think we've lucked into it because I think the interesting thing that I picked up this week was that, you know, that they had actually, you know, he had interviewed with Marina before Sari and interviewed very well. She was very impressed with him. And I can't remember now what I read about why he didn't take it. It was either he got offered another job or whatever. But they clearly had earmarked him. They wanted him, couldn't get him, so ended up with Sarri. Of course, Sarri, as we all know, was not sacked from Chelsea. He jumped, shipped to Juventus. Yeah. Uh, and then we were left because maybe, maybe Sarri didn't fancy his chances, you know, under a transfer oh. ban. You know, who knows? But Frank came in because, as I keep saying, I don't think many elite managers would have looked at Chelsea in that season under a transfer ban and said, well, this isn't going to be too much fun. I'm on a hiding to nothing here. But you know
2: they'd never have got rid of Frank if the results had been better. Or I'm the, not so uh,
1: sure, Jonathan. I I really do, do think, think they I think may have got rid of
2: him regardless. I, uh, I look,
1: Martin Samuels. I know he wears a bit of a tin hat like me, but he's a very good journalist and he knows his onions. And I, I I think there's, I I think, I think there's every possibility. I come on, we know how this club operates. Yeah, they are yeah. utterly do you, ruthless.
2: Do you, do you think they're as Machiavellian as yes, that? Yes, I do. Got it been-
1: deliberately to, to do the that would make sense they fu- they I hire know. rafa benitez even though we said don't fucking hire rafa benitez because we hate him they do it anyway they go oh they don't like us anymore oh i know if we get, get get Mourinho back they'll forgive us oh we get Mourinho back they forgive us they make a big song and dance about not wanting to fire Mourinho when actually as we all know now he should have been fired well before he was because it was so toxic there so Sarri, they knew how toxic it was. They knew that no elite manager was going to come in with, with the transfer ban. So well, they thought, I'll tell you what, we'll hire Frank. The fans will go absolutely apoplectic with, with delight to have Frank back. And actually, you know, they'll stick with us, even if we're absolutely shit that season. What Frank did, Frank did what, what Robbie Di Matteo did. He made, had made the mistake of doing quite well. And them, yes. You yes. know? In in an ideal playbook, he'd have had a terrible season that first season. We'd have finished about 12. It would have brought a few of the kids in. And, and then they, they, could have, they could have said, well, you know, it's clearly... Work, it's it it's just not back. working for me, Frank. Yeah, it's just exactly, not working yeah. for me. And yeah. everyone would have gone, you know, well, it's a lovely having him back, but you, we can't be finishing... T-. You know, I, yeah. I wouldn't put anything past that lot. Yeah, that's good theory, Chid. Very good theory.
3: But it is only a theory. It,
1: it,
3: it, it's, a win, it's a win-win win. It, but it's a win win for them. Yeah, you know, if Frank had come in and had been a phenomenal success, it turned out the way you know, they get rid of him, yeah, you know, they bring in, you know, someone else. either, either way, you know, it, it works for them.
1: Yeah. Indeed it does. So anyway, you're going two nil, Mark. JK, you're going four one. You're going four one. I'm gonna go um er uh, uh, on am I'm gonna go three one. Okay.
2: After my success in the uh, predictions, I think I should be taken seriously.
1: We need to talk about this. I'm so sorry. I I, I I didn't script right, hang on. Breaking news. Having been beyond beyond
3: We need the whole show. I mean beyond yeah. awful
1: all season. I mean beyond the pale. He's been so awful. Jonathan has been so awful at the Prem Predictions League. I I I'm swear to God he's done it deliberately. Because he's just like that. That's the kind of weirdo he is. (laughs) On on this week, he got the most points for one game I have ever seen. He predicted that Man City would beat West Brom 5-0. He got 80 points. You got another spot on as well, didn't you? Absolutely, one one I got. Yeah, yeah. Somebody bloody <laughs> hell, mate! Hell has frozen over. Well, well done. I'm really. I, do you know? I saw it on my phone when I was checking my results, and I and I meant to say, and I feel really terrible that I didn't. I was so chuffed to see you do that.
2: <laughs> what was that, Mark? Sorry, you just. It's so addictive.
3: Yeah, no, because it's so addictive. Didn't you get the most points this week as well?
1: I think yeah. you might have done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did. I got yeah. I think he did,
2: yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I did, but, but I think yeah. I'm still bottom.
1: <laughs> well, I tell you what, I, 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 I promise I promise that we will we will include Thank it you. in the show on Monday because I think yeah. due due respect has to be paid. Now, as I Thank said, you. you're going 2 0, Mark, Jonathan's going four one to Chelsea, I'm gonna go three one. Um I mean it's just so intriguing. Um it really, really is. Um and it's it is an ex- I mean it's very sad to see go. obviously the king is dead long live the king but i think you know we're in a new era now um i'm absolutely going to get behind the manager because you have to you know it's what we do mm-hmm. and the thing that i discovered this week is that um tommy tuchel bears an uncanny i don't know if the boys can see this oh. because i've kind of got the, the background on it so they probably can't but i'll if i take the background off then they'll they'll be able to uh to see um See what I'm trying to show them, which is very important. So there you go, none. That's the one. So if I show them that, they might they might see what I mean. Can you can you see that picture? Yeah, yeah. Craftwork. Craftwork. He, he, he has a an uncanny resemblance to one of the members in Craftwork, which got me thinking. So to the style of Craftwork's the model, I I have done this little tribute to Tommy tushel Oh shit! Wonderful. He's the trainer and he's looking good. He wants to win at Chelsea and that's understood. He plays hard to beat. He smiles from time to time. It takes sixteen recoveries to blow his mind. I thank
0: you. Guten Abend. do
2: fantastic and in a german accent yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i thought
3: I, I, I thought i thought he looked like i thought he looked like the german bricklayer from alfidesen
1: he he did too i don't know who tweeted that but i thought it was very funny anyway i think on that uh rather surreal note we should we should say uh alfidesen really shouldn't we Oh, they say choose cheers, Jonathan, cheers, J.K., cheers, <laughs> Mark, Uh Boys, it's been as always. It's been, uh, it's been very fun, a lot of fun, very fun. And actually, talking of Tommy T, which we should, as I said, um, uh, I've got a, an interview with Ben from uh, Borussia Dortmund, London. Uh, coming, I'm doing it tomorrow, so I'll, I'll try and get the, uh, the, the special one-off pod, podcast on Thomas Tuchel from somebody who knows him. And he does know him. He's, he knows the man himself personally, so it'll be very interesting to hear what he has to say. So I'll get that out hopefully before the game. We've got the game on Sunday. Let's hope we all put in a really good performance and win. And uh, we, will, uh, we will reconvene. We will reconvene on Monday, of course. And when we do, you'll be amazed to hear it's almost like a, a, a kind of a a copy of tonight, really, because it'll be me and JK, as it always is. Mark's back with us, which is, of course, delightful to get two and a half hours a Mark. I hope your bloody internet connection's a bit better on Monday. I'll have a different laptop on Monday, I promise you. All right, good. Yeah. Because we like we like to hear what you have to say, because you speak far more sense than we all do. So you know, anyway. So it's me, J.K. and Mark, and then Sam Inkesol from uh, from Football London doing his debut on the Monday show. So it's a good lineup on Monday, and we'll be looking at the Burnley match. Obviously, and we'll also be looking ahead to Spurs. So do not miss that. Right, Jonathan, uh, as always, delightful to see you, dear boy. Enjoy the weekend.
2: Thank you. I think you you've set a a, a precedent, though, Chip. You'll have to do. Um... Uh, um, uh, motorway now, won't you? Autobahn. You'll have Autobahn. to do that. One. Yeah, fun, fun, fun. Tommy, T. You'll have to Tommy yes. T. Tommy T. Tommy T. Here he comes again. Tommy to T. You'll have to do another one next
1: week. There'll be one every week. One every Trans week. Tommy Express. Yes, there's so many
2: you can do. And may <laughs> I say, I'll just going back at it, how? How authentic it was because you were talking it, and it was really good. So, uh, (laughs) what I'm hoping, I was wondering whether you could do one that's a bit, that's slightly tighter, that we could then almost have as as his chant rather than that is that would be
1: a good chant. That would be great.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. My life is complete. Jonathan's impressed by a musical number. What I wrote. So there you go. He's 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 also worried. He might be out of a job, but never, 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 never. never Jonathan, enjoy the weekend, mate. Stay safe. I look forward to seeing you on Monday, Mark. uh, Well done, Mark. Brilliant to see you as always, mate. Uh, I Look forward to seeing you back on Monday as well. See you guys. Yeah. Have a good weekend, Uh, everybody on Mixler. Lovely to see you all in there. Hope we've entertained you for an hour and a bit. And. uh, good luck uh for sunday and we'll see you back on monday as well so thank you for listening see you next, uh, next monday until then keep it blue keep it careful and keep it chelsea up the, the chelsea chels. oh, chels. chels. up the chelsea up the chelsea up the yavol
0: Finde, was du brauchst auf stockx.com.